0: take your copy of God's Word and turn to Genesis this morning. Genesis chapter 6. It says chapter 6 verse 5 through chapter 9 verse 1. Don't get too worried. We're not going to read all of that today, but we will read portions of it. Genesis 6 verses 5, and in following we'll read selected verses. When we were... Putting together our first baby nursery, I had no idea how long that period in our lives was going to last. My oldest is now 27. My youngest is nine. So I was doing some math this week trying to figure it out. And the best I can figure, about 35 to 40 years, I'll have a child living in my house. And uh, it's. It's been a long journey already, but it's one that I wouldn't have traded for anything in all the world. And I want us to look at the story of Noah today, and I want fathers, grandfathers, future fathers to be encouraged in your steadfastness because I'm looking at 35, 40 years in my fatherhood journey, and Noah's looking at a journey of 120 years for just the ark person. Uh, of His life. But the, the Word is not just to fathers and grandfathers and future fathers, but it's also to all of us just about faithfulness and steadfastness as we seek to serve a truly, perfectly faithful and steadfast Lord. So just read with me. We'll begin in chapter 6, verse 5, and we'll read through the end of this chapter. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry. He had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. The Lord said, I will blot man out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord." These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. Noah became the father of three sons, and it appears by the timing here that Noah is about 500 years old, so if you think you got started late in fatherhood, Noah has you beat. He became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence, God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. And then God said to Noah, "'The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them, and behold, I am about to destroy them with the earth. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood, and you shall make the ark with rooms, and shall cover it inside and out with pitch.'" Incidentally, this word for pitch, of course, it's a tar-like substance, But it's a different word than is usually used for that tar-like surf surf, uh, substance. Uh, This word, pitch, is also often used uh, in the means, in the way of atonement and how appropriate that is as God is making and going to make atonement for His people. This is how you shall make it: the length of the ark 300 cubits, its breadth 50 cubits. And you'll remember a cubit's about 18 inches and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark and finish it to a cubit from the top and set the door of the ark in the side of it. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. Behold, I, even I, am bringing the flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh, in which is the breath of life. From under heaven everything that is on the earth shall perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. A lot of incidentally today. Uh, incidentally, there's a, a minivan, a Toyota minivan in Japan. I don't know if they still make it. They did when we were there. And the, the model name is Noah. They just like English, you know, words and, and things like that. <clears throat> Guess how many passengers the Noah seats? Not seven like ours, eight. Interesting. I have no idea how they got that name, but we would, of course, often use that to help people understand that there were eight people on the ark that Noah built. Anyway, that's free. Of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of the birds after their kind, and of the animals after their kind, of every creeping thing of the ground after its kind, two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. And you'll know from the rest of the story that the animals that were used for sacrifice. There were seven of those on purpose. Verse 22, thus Noah did according to all that God had commanded him. So he did. Verse 1 of chapter 7, then the Lord said to Noah, enter the ark, you and your household, for you alone I have seen to be righteous before me in this time. Move on down to verse 7, then Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with them entered the ark because of the water of the flood verse 16 of chapter 7. Those that entered, male and female of all flesh, entered as God had commanded him, and the Lord closed it behind him. And then finally, over in chapter 8, verse 20 and following, then Noah built an altar to the Lord. This is after they came off the ark. We're skipping part of the story. And took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. The Lord smelled the soothing aroma, and the Lord said to Himself, I'll never again curse the ground on account of man, for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth, and I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. And verse 1 of chapter 9, and God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Well, the first thing that this story shows us is we are reminded in the very beginning that the earth was evil. Chapter 6, verse 5 says there, the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth. Every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Down in verse 11, the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. Sometimes we think, oh, if I could have just lived a long time ago when there was no sin. You ever watch an old black-and-white movie and you go, wow, it was sin back then, for sure, there it is. Well, there was sin all the way from the beginning, Sodom and Gomorrah. Many, many times the Lord destroyed and overturned societies because of their evil. It's always been there, and we think, you know, it would be great. If we could just live in a place, if we could raise our children, our grandchildren in a place where there's no confrontation with sin, where we wouldn't have to to worry about those things. Well, there, there is no such place. I will tell you. For those of you who are uh, still raising families, the mission field's about as good as it gets uh, because you cocoon, uh, because you'll never be uh, the same as the culture there. So there is a blessing there that, that we got to experience. But, but you really can't live in a bubble. In fact, the Lord doesn't want us to live in a compound. The, wor- the Lord wants us to live in the world and yet not of it. It doesn't do any good for us to go and, and, and be completely separate forever and ever, never touch the world because God's left us here to reach the world and yet there's a balance. that We all, as parents, as grandparents, have to find ways to shelter our kids. That can be a negative word, shelter, but everybody shelters their kids from something, even if it's from tornadoes, and then you start from there and decide how much you're going to shelter them from and where to find that balance. But, but here's Noah. He's living in a very evil society. It was real sin back then, and we live in a very evil society. It's just, it's everywhere. Uh, it's, it's discouraging at times to read the news. We had discouraging news this week from our Supreme Court, made, made an awful uh, decision uh, that has huge ramifications in the, the whole matter of gender and, and uh, how that works. So we need to be praying. There are other cases that are related to it that will come up. We need to pray that somehow the Lord would work in those cases. We as a church probably need to strengthen some of the verbiage in some of our documents. Uh, but we live in this society, and it's discouraging at times. But Noah lived in, this, in the middle of this society, but he's going to be different, and we'll see that in just a moment. One of the things Noah did is he kept his sons busy building an ark for 120 years. Uh, it can be good to keep our kids busy uh, with something good. But what did Noah do? He just built with one board at a time. You know, how do you build an ark? Well, it's how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. How do you build an ark? One board at a time. How do you parent? One board, one nail at a time. Uh, we'd like to think that parenting and supporting our children as they parent their children, we'd like to think we could just see that uh, happen overnight. A flash in the pan, we just do a couple days right, and the kids turn out the way they're supposed to, but it's a long long haul, and it's just one board at a time and one nail at a time. And you know, some nails go in well. Some nails don't. Uh, I framed houses uh, in high school a couple of different summers, and, you know, some nails don't do right. And what do you do? You take them out and you start over. You bend that nail or you get a new nail. What do you do with a bent board? Well, uh, we can't call our children Uh, but uh, when you're in construction, you, you call. You try to get the best pieces of wood that you can work with, but they still aren't perfect. So what do you do when that board needs to be straight and it's not quite straight? Well, you start where you can. You start on the end. You get the end where you want it, and you drive a nail in, and then you work up a few feet, and you bend that to where you want it, and you drive a nail to hold it, and you work up a few feet, and you slowly, little by little, straighten it out. And that's what we've got to do in an evil society as parents and as grandparents. We've got to, where we can, one board at a time, one nail at a time, one conversation at a time, one taking time to listen to our children at a time, one sitting down with the Word of God with our children, our grandchildren at a time, one, I forgive you at a time, one, will you forgive me at a time, one apology at a time, one hug at a time. One, the Lord forgives you as the Lord forgives dad and mom at a time, little by little by little. Well, God decided He was going to destroy the earth, and He told Noah about it. God was going to provide a shelter for those who would take Him up on it. But in Matthew 24, Jesus said that the folks in Noah's day were just going about with no care. We see Noah all through the Bible, very real by the way, and nobody really cared, but God said, I will provide a way for those who will put their faith in me, just as he has done through Christ for those who had put their faith in him. But Noah was the only man in all the world who chose to follow God. That's an incredible truth, I mean, we think sometimes we're a part of a minority, but the story says that Noah was the only man and his family was the only family in all the world who decided to follow God. That's pretty incredible. So uh, when you think you're part of a minority, be encouraged. The Lord says there's always a remnant. And in Noah's day, he and his family were the remnant. The entire world was going this way. And Noah said, as we sing about it, as for me and my house, we'll go the other way. You can be discouraged because you live in an evil world, or you can choose to go against the flow and actually be a part of a great work of God in history. And that's what Noah did. The world was evil, but Noah was a righteous man. Was he perfect? No, not at all. But in verse 8 and 9, we we hear again chapter 6 about Noah. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. The eyes of the Lord, 2 Chronicles 16, 9 says, the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may show himself strong in behalf of those whose hearts are fully his. And so there were the eyes of the Lord moving to and fro, and all he saw was wickedness and corruption. But he saw Noah. He said, yeah, he finds favor in my sight. Verse 9 tells us why. These are the records of the generations of Noah. Right, Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time, and he walked with God. God breaks it down for us. This is one of my, my memory verses. I love that verse. He was righteous, he was blameless in his time, and he walked with God. Noah was a righteous man. Are we righteous men and women? Not perfect, no. Uh, finding favor in the sight of God didn't mean that, that Noah was sinless, but it meant that he was seeking to keep going the right way. In Hebrews eleven seven, it says about Noah, by faith Noah, being warned by God, as we're reading, about things not yet seen, in reverence, prepared an ark. Now, what does that mean, things not yet seen? Well, there's there's a debate. Had there ever been any rain at all on the earthward? We're not quite sure. Maybe not. Maybe just the mist that had carried on since the Garden of Eden. There's some back and forth there. Certainly, Noah had never seen anything like this, and no one ever had. But in reverence to God, he prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world, And became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. How was he an heir of righteousness? Because of his faith. How was he saved? Not because of his works. The scripture is very clear there. But because of his faith, his belief in God. How did it manifest itself? How did it show that he believed God and built an ark when he'd either never never seen rain and certainly never seen a flood? They didn't have that saying yet, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. The creek had never risen uh, in Noah's day. He prepared an ark for the salvation of his family. And it says, by it he condemned the world. Now what does that mean? Well, it wasn't that Noah was, was trying to condemn folks, but it's a beautiful picture the way that I see it here. God says, Noah, this is what I want you and your family to do. And I want you, Noah, for those hundred and twenty years we read over in Peter, he kept proclaiming. People come by and say, Noah, what are you doing? You're not building an ark. What is that? It's a big, big boat. Why are you building a big, big boat? Because it's going to flood the whole earth. Noah, you're crazy. And Noah kept telling them the truth over and over and over. And so Noah says, I tell you what, if all the world is going to go against the the Lord and His ways, my family and I, we're going to be the only ones, and we're going to stand and we're going to go the other direction. And by our choosing to worship God in following Him, it will in, in, in effect condemn the world. It wasn't that Noah wanted the world condemned. But Noah said, I tell you what, there's going to be one family who's going to be giving praise to God by choosing to follow after God. And he prepared an ark for the salvation of his family. Fathers, along with our wives, fathers, we need to prepare an ark for the salvation of our family, but not just for their physical protection. Yeah, we need to protect our families physically. Yeah, we need to make sure the doors are locked and whatever else that we need to do. But more important than any other ark that we need to build we need to build the ark to prepare for their spiritual salvation. It's the most important thing. Whether your children graduate from the top schools or not, the most important thing is that you prepare an environment in which they can come to know Christ. Whether they marry the most beautiful people in the world or not, the most important thing is that you prepare a spiritual environment in which they can come to know Christ as their Savior. Whether they are wealthy and famous or not, The most important thing is that you prepare a spiritual environment in which they can come to know Christ as their Savior. That's what Noah did. He just kept preparing, one board at a time, one nail at a time. Start where you're at. You say, pastor, it's too late for me. I'm I'm a father. My children are still home, but it's, it's just too late. No, it's not too late. I can't make you promises about exactly how it'll work out, but I can tell you God will work As you start where you're at, and you just take one nail and one board at a time, one prayer for those children every day, one time sitting down with them over the Word, sending them a a text about the Word, one time of reaching out to them when you don't feel like reaching out to them. You know, David made a mistake. He and Solomon had a rift. They asked him, and he said, yeah, bring Solomon back. But he never, he never reached out to him. They stayed separate because he didn't want to. And you've been there, fathers. And now you're a grandfather. Maybe your children are grown. There's times you don't want to reach out. But one forcing yourself to be the one who reaches out. says, hey, love you today. Prayed for you today. What's happening in your life today? And God will use it one board at a time one nail at a time. 120 years, Noah did it. So surely I could do it for the time that I have that God has set before me so that I'll have an answer for the hope that is within me, blameless in his time. What does that look like? It just means integrity. It just means that the goal of Noah's life, the goal of our life, is that we'll do what we say in secret. And when we don't, that we we'll would get it right with God about it. And that we'll do something, we won't let it continue We'll take whatever steps are necessary to do the right thing. That we're those people who apologize when we've done wrong in relationships. That we're those ones who are the first to step out to try to make things right. And then he walked with God. When you walk with somebody, you've got to know a little bit about them. I have a child, and I won't name this child, but this child just never really learned how to walk with people. And this child will bump into you the entire time that you're walking. And uh, I love this child to death, but uh, in heaven, this child's going to know that when two people walk, that you, 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 you kind of walk at a certain distance, you know, from each other. You have to learn things about each other when you walk. He walked with God. He knew God. With whom do you walk? Do you walk with God? Or is God just kind of that thing you do before dinner? Do you really walk with God? Well, Noah walked with God, and he built an ark Verses 10 through 21, God gave Noah his plans, and God will give you, all of us we are speaking to fathers today, God will give you his plans if you seek him. He doesn't often give us the details of his heart and his plans when we kind of seek him flippantly and just here and there, but, but when you make it a priority in your life that you're going to know God and walk with him and seek him, he'll start to tell you what to do. He'll start to tell you what he's doing in your life, in your family's life, in your children's life, in the life around you. And God did this with Noah. And then Noah built a big, big boat. One year in vacation Bible school back in Texas when I was a pastor of the local football field, let us mark off the size of the ark. It's big. The same ratios, of course, that they build boats by today. God knew what he was talking about there. But 450 feet long, 150. 75 feet wide, 45 feet tall, 1.4 million cubic feet. It had the space in it because it had multiple floors, the space of 522 standard railroad cars. That's a lot of space. They estimate that the ark could have held 125,000 sheep. They didn't take 125,000 sheep, but here's the point. There are about 18,000 species of animals on the earth today. Some are bigger than sheep, some are smaller than sheep. There was enough room on the ark for all the animals. As Ken Ham has pointed out, we do ourselves a disservice because we paint the pictures of the ark in children's books, books like it's a fairy tale. Cute little ark, cute little animals. It was a big, stinky boat full of animals. In fact, someone said the church is like the ark. Sometimes it gets to be a big, stinky mess, but it's still the best thing afloat and don't get off. But Noah built a big, big boat because he was faithful to do what God Had told him to do. In fact, it says four times, chapter six and chapter seven Noah did what God said. Wouldn't that be great for God to say that about me and for God to say that about you? It's not too late. That's the great thing about God. God doesn't say, "Uh, No, 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 first third of your life, you weren't walking with me, so you can't make up for it. No, 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 first two thirds of your life, you weren't walking with me, so forget it. God says, I'll restore the years that the locust ate. Let's start today. Dad's granddads, all of us, let's start today following the Lord in the plans He's given us. Cal Ripken set the record for longevity in professional baseball. He played uh, 2,632 straight games, but his batting average was only .276. He wasn't a superstar batter. He was just an average batter who showed up day in and day out. And fathers, we don't have to be superstars. We just need to show up day in and day out, one nail at a time, one board at a time. Well, the final thing is, not only was the world evil, not only was Noah righteous in that evil time, but his family followed him incredibly. For 120 years, that family stayed with Noah. And then in chapter 7, verse 1, God said, get on the boat, all of you. And in chapter 7, verse 7, it says they did. That's a big statement, that only one family in all the world. I mean, you talk about your kids saying, mommy, daddy, we're different than everybody else. They were different than everybody else. But Noah and his faithfulness, God working through Noah's faithfulness. We get caught up in the how. God, I, I hear this plan that you're laying on my heart. I hear what you're saying for me to do, but I don't know how. What about this and this and this? And God says, no, do like Noah. Just say Yes. And then God directed Noah's children to say, I'll get on the boat, even though it's dry. God drew, I mean, how do you get all the animals? How do you get a cat to obey you and get on the boat? And God just said, I'll get the animals on. And he did. Just do what God says. And let God worry about all the details. And then God shut the door. How did he do that? I don't know. But God shut the door. If he can speak the world into existence, he can shut a door. And God provided salvation for all the world, but they chose to reject it. There's only one way to get on the ark. There weren't six doors. There was one door. There's only one way to know that you know God and that you're going to spend eternity with Him in heaven. Only one door, and that is Christ. He called Himself the door. They got on, and they were faithful, and God honored it. But Noah's wife, Wives, on Father's Day, Noah's wife was very important, as are you. All of these truths are the same for you, moms, of course. But one important thing that Noah's wife did was she followed. Did she have a diary, and did she write in that diary, this is crazy? I don't know. But all she had to say was, Psst, Noah, rain. The kids wouldn't have followed. So wives, you have a great, great, role. In lifting up your imperfect husband, your children, oh, he is. uh, There's a lot of people who think I'm a good father and a good husband, and and one of the biggest reasons, because my wife doesn't tell them all the times I'm a jerk, and I'm lazy, and I don't do what fathers are supposed to do that day. You have a huge, huge role. Well, the floods rose. It covered the mountains. It was a worldwide flood. You can't cover mountains that size and the waters just stopped somewhere. It was a worldwide flood. We see the evidence still today. Only Noah's family survived, and it was only because they followed what the Lord said, and Noah led them to do so. Well, they got off the ark. They'd been on there for a long, long time, 370 days, and Noah built an altar to worship God. Dads, this is really where it gets down for us, building the daily altar. Some call family devotions family altar for this very reason. You don't have to be a superstar teacher. Just get your kids and your wife together and read the Word of God. Most days, you're going to miss days. We miss days. We have days where we just say a prayer and go to bed. But just make that a regular thing in your life so that your kids are seeing, oh, this is important. The Word of God is not just a church thing. It's important to my dad. It's important to my mom. And God will honor it, and God will use it. This is part of our discipleship pathway. We call it couch because oftentimes it happens around a couch. just that daily time as a family gathering around God's Word and praying. You can do a whole lot. You can do a little. But it's just a consistency that you want to build. When your grandkids come to visit, get the Word out. Read with them. Pray with them. Talk with them about the Word. Dads, what are you doing? Are you building anything? You know, sometimes you think, I don't know what this is doing. I just, I'm just building a, a, you know, I'm driving a nail in here and a nail in there. But if you'll be faithful and continue with God, he'll help you to build your home around his word. And he'll honor it. He'll use you in ways that you could have never, ever dreamed. Let's pray.